pen. As a matter of fact, because of the grace, I'll have to just keep going on this message real quick. I want to speak to you in the next couple of minutes about this message called the mark of my worship. The mark of my worship. We all have experienced a wound before. And when you experience a deep wound, it creates a scar on you. And because of that scar, you always remember what you have gone through. But many of the times, the scar that we experience on our body are scars that we got in painful situations. But it's also another scar that you don't get out of painful situations. But you get it out of your ability to worship the Most High God. You see, when you have that scar on you, it doesn't matter the situation you find yourself. You know, I have this scar here in my hands, right? And I've told my children that I was fighting a lion. And for how many years I have told them that story? They still tell their friends their father has fought a lion. And their father fought the lion and killed the lion. And whenever their friends come to the house, they say, Hello, sir, I hear you kill a lion. And I say, Huh? And they said, Look at my father's hand. Look. Look. It's a big scar here. It reminds me of a pain. But we need to have a scar, a mark to our worship. This whole year, we have preached upon the true worship. And it's interesting that when we talk about worship, we think it's about the songs or the lyrics or the instruments or the voices that accompanies it. Say they are good. But I came to announce to you the reason why we have been speaking about true worship is because in 2020, no matter what we went through, I came to announce to you what has brought us this far is because of our worship. Because the Bible says the battle is not your battle. So in the battlefield, what you have at your disposition is the ability to worship. Because worship means to give God reverence. You didn't get me here. So in the battlefield, I should lift up the Lord and give God the reverence. Some way, somehow. Because of the magnitude of him. He comes and takes over. That you don't even know how it was accomplished. But some way, somehow, it became accomplished. You don't know how we got through January. You don't know how we got through May. We don't know how we got through July. But some way, somehow, we are in December. So it means that this worship that we spoke about the whole year is not a thing that you, you do it based on art. It's not based on the moment. Can I teach you something here? 
The reason why our worship cannot be just for the moment. And some of us, the only time we worship God is when we come to church. But I came to announce to you, in 2021, if you take that same lifestyle into 2021, it may not do you good. You may not want me to tell you the truth, but I'll tell you the truth. Because the battle and the faith ahead of us does not require every just Sunday worship. So God was preparing you for what is ahead. Why? Because if we say that he is the omnipresent God, then it, does, it means he is not limited based on space. So if he's not limited based on space, then the worship that he is due cannot be limited based on space. My God. So when Corona came and everything shut down, he was still God. I got do When everything was shut down, he was still God because he is the omnipresent. Also, we know that he is the omnipotent, the all-powerful God. Means that his power is not limited based on things that somebody thinks that they can do or cannot do. He's all-powerful. In every situation, he's all-powerful. In every condition, so we say, no weapons that function against us will ever prosper because our God is all-powerful God. Ha. I, want, I want to preach so that Satan himself will hear. Satan to hear that my God is the omnipotent God. Omniscient God. And he's also what the omnipresence. Omnipresent. Omnipotent. And omniscient. Omniscient means he knows of everything. He has knowledge of everything. So before 2020 came, he knew it. We serve a God that knows your tomorrow. He says he's the beginning and the end. So all you need to know or all you need on your behalf is to put on the clothes of a worshiper. Because when you are carrying the clothes of a worshiper, then your worship is not limited by the space. Your worship is not limited by if you got enough strength or not. Even when I'm broken in my bed, I still got a voice to worship him. Even when things are not going the way I want it to go. Because he's the all-knowing God. I have every reason to still worship him. So we talked about the fruit of the spirit. 
And we are going to end the next month coming. I refuse for us to stop it. We finished the entire series. Hallelujah. Because we are not just moved by time. Hallelujah. The only man is too quiet for Jesus. I'm just trying to teach you something here. So what God is turning on to us, I want you to carry the very nature of a worshiper. Because in the essence of God, when we speak about true worship, your worship is not based. You see, the thing is this. Many of us are working so hard to have the right skills, the right voice, the right tune, the right keys. But yet, we have neglected what identifies a worshiper. What is pastor saying here? You have been working on the right skills. You have been working on the right voice. But what identifies you, you have let it go. So the Bible says in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, verses 22, some, the Lord said that in the last days, some will come and say, Lord, Lord, we use your name to do miracles. And the Bible says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we prophesy in your name? Drive out demons in your name. Do many miracles where? In your name. They check the box of being a miracle worker. They check the box of being a prophet. They check the box of driving out demons. But the nature of, that, of the child of God, they neglected it. I came to announce to you, don't neglect the nature of the worshiper. And that nature of the worshiper is the fruit of the spirit. Hallelujah. You see, to enter into the dimension of worship, I'm speaking about a dimension in a place where worship occurs in your spirit and your soul. You need to pursue God. Hear me. You need to pursue the grace of God in its fullness. Say, I need to pursue the grace of God in its fullness. What am I saying? I'm not saying that grace is a calculated thing. But grace in its fullness is the person who has come to believe in Christ in its totality. You get me here. To get to the dimension where your worship has the power to make a change, you need to operate in grace in its fullness. Grace in its fullness is when you have, the, you have come to the place where all you believe in is Jesus. Say the mark of my worship. I'm going to get you there very soon. Genesis chapter 22, where the theme of the year came from. True worship. Papis, you know, true worship. Say true worship. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Erica, true worship. Mm-hmm. Are you in Genesis chapter 22? Verses 1. 
going. Now, it came to pass, after these things, the Lord tested Abraham and said to him, and he said, here I am. And he said, then he said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the mount, the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering, as on one of the mountains of which I will tell, I will tell you. Verse 3, it says, So Abraham arose, Abraham arose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and, his, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Verse 4, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Say so he saw the place. Afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey and the lad and I, or the boy and I, will go yonder and worship. Say and worship. And we will come back to you. Abraham, God has visited him. And he said, I want you to take your son, your beloved son Isaac. Take him and offer him as a sacrifice. And when Abraham saw, the Bible said he rose early in the morning and said to do likewise. And when he saw the place where his son was going to be sacrificed, he told his servants, you guys should stay here with the donkey. Me and the boy, we are going up there to what? Worship. And then you may say that could be the end of the, par of the sentence. But Abraham said, then we will what? Come back. It means Abraham saw something and knew something that nobody knew. But Abraham could have carried everybody that he started with, with him, to the mountain. But he left them behind. He left his servants behind. Say, he left them behind. Oh, I can't hear you. He left them behind. You see, when you are talking about true worship, to be able to operate in true worship, you got to be willing to leave some things behind. Because if he had taken his servants with him, they would have stopped him from trying to sacrifice his son. I don't know what you have experienced in 2020, but you got to be willing to leave some things behind. There are some attitude, you got to leave it behind. Oh, I wish I had a church that knew how to say behind them. There are some behaviors you got to be willing to leave what behind. There is some language you got to be willing to what leave what behind. There are some people in your life that you got to be willing to leave behind. Because if you want to get to true place of worship, some things got to be left behind. But as for us, we always want to take everything with us. 
But Abraham could not have done what he wanted to do. So, some things got to be left, what? Behind. Apostle Paul, we spoke about this. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 8, it says, Indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of what? Knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have suffered a lot of all things and counted them what? Rubbish. In order that I may gain what? Christ. When some things are not left behind, nothing can be filled. When you don't let go of some things, new things cannot be filled. If you want to experience the almighty God, the presence of God, the refreshing of his presence, something has got to be left behind. Say behind. Uh, you may say, Pastor, it's another year. You should get us excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting you excited. Because something has got to be left behind. The thing that you'll be holding on to, the unforgiveness, leave. I wish I had a church. The jealousy, leave what? The pain, leave what? The accusation, leave what? Uh Uh-huh. Everything I'm leaving what? Behind. I'm not taking with me in 2021. I'm leaving some things behind. I say I'm leaving it behind. My God. We are going to get there. I know time is gone. But it's okay. The second point. It's true worship seeks the heart of the person. True worship seeks the heart of the person. Hallelujah. You see, when Abraham was going for the sacrifice, he could have said, because I don't want the boy to worry, I'll take a lamp with me. But when it came to the place of sacrificing, he did not take a lamp with him because that was not part of the conversation between God and him. The conversation was God said, Sacrifice your son. So he did not need to carry a lamp with him. What am I saying here? What I'm saying here, he did not compromise on the word. Just to please everybody else. So the boy asks, Father, everything is here. But what is not here is the lamp. And he said, the Lord will provide. Because if Abraham does not teach his son, the almighty power of God, that he is the provider, then the boy will become accustomed to compromising on the instructions of God. But Abraham had to let Isaac know that God said we are going to what? sacrifice. And because we are going to sacrifice, 
God himself will what? Provide. What have you been taking with you in your worship? I want you to think about this. The way you worship God every day. I'm not just talking about Sunday you come to church and you, you, you sing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the life of a worshiper. What do you take with you? Think about it. We take excuses with us. In 2021, for those who are watching me at home, I came to declare to you, we cannot be compromising on the instructions of God. We cannot settle down and keep adding excuses upon excuses. If God says we should worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Am I teaching something here to the church? So, you see, whenever you take things in exchange for God's word, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you lose the totality of God's grace. And you start to depend on yourself. Can I say that again? If you're not careful, you lose the totality of God's grace. And you start to depend on yourself. What am I saying here? Check the scriptures and you see there was a king called Saul. And Saul was a king that God anointed. God himself anointed as the first king of the people that he has cherished so much. But because Saul keep compromising and compromising, a point came. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 13 verses 14, he says, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own what? Hearts. And as the Lord has commanded him to be commander over what? His people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. What do you carry with your worship? Can I speak to the youth for a little bit, the young people? Let me speak to you. You may say, Pastor, what are you talking about here? Let me, let me speak in your language so you can, you can feel me here. You know what I mean? Let me, let me just speak in your terms. You know what I mean? So you can feel me here. Because I came to announce to you, uh, just because you are young does not mean that you, do, you cannot worship God. But because you are young, that itself is more important for you to worship God. Because every plant that is planted has to eventually germinate. And when it germinates, it has to yield forth a fruit. So as you are young now, this is the time that you got to understand why you have to worship this God. Your father and your mother have been bringing you to church. They are just drivers. They are what? Just what? Drivers. But you got to be willing to seek God for yourself. Because there is a kingdom that he has placed in you. There is power that he has placed in you. There is power that he has placed in you. There is a purpose that he has placed in you. And if you just yield to God, you will see that your life will not be the same. You see that your life will not be the same. Can I just keep teaching this? 
Third point, worship is incomplete until one is able to recognize, hear this, worship is incomplete until one is able to recognize that everything is the doing of the Lord. You see, if you don't know or you can't recognize that everything is God's doing, then you give your worship halfway. But when you know that everything you go through, he is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, then the way you worship God, you see, you give your all to him. Amen, let's cry for Jesus. It is through our heart of worship that you come to discover the side of God that he intends to reveal to you. It is through worship, your life and how you worship God, that he reveals his intention of what he wants you to know about him. Am I saying something here? All right, go to John chapter 4. We are getting somewhere very soon. We, we are going to pray small and we are going to end small. And everything will be small, small. And we will meet tonight. Amen. Are you there yet? John chapter 4, verses 17. I want to show you something briefly. All right. This is when Jesus Christ has met the woman of the, the Samaritan woman. And this woman came to the well to try to take water. And Jesus started a conversation with this woman. Can you say amen? amen? And verses 17 going, the dialogue has become more deeper. And I'll read briefly. The Bible says, the woman said to, answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have made, had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. Verse 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our father worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to what? Worship. So in this encounter, because of the revelation that Jesus has revealed about her life, she said, Jesus is what? A prophet. Hear me where the story is going. Because now she has come to recognize that the man knows something about her. That she has not told anyone else. So that means that he fits in the category of a what? A prophet. And then, because she wanted to excuse herself, she was trying to tell Jesus, you Jews, you say that this is where we go to worship. Little did she know that it was leading to something deeper. Say deeper. Deeper. And Jesus said in verse 21, woman, believe me, The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. 
we know what we want worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Jesus was quoting to affirm what the Jews had believed in. But verse 23, the Bible says, Jesus said, but, mean that everything that I've said, but, forget about it, but the hour is coming. And now is, hear me, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such worshipers for him. God is spirit and those whom worship him must worship him in spirit and what? Hear the mystery. Then the woman said to him, I know that a Messiah is coming. Who is called what? The Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all what? Things. Now, she moved from identifying Jesus as a prophet now to what? Saying that there is a Messiah coming. Because what Jesus Christ is saying here is worship is no longer about this mountain. And worship is about the spirit and the truth. There is only one person that has the ability to break down all those laws, all those barriers, all those limitations, and that is the Messiah. So she said, I know there is a Messiah coming. And when he comes, he will tell us all what things. So now, her understanding of God, of Jesus, has changed from just a prophet to know that there is something different about this man. So the Bible says she left behind everything. I said she left behind everything. You keep holding on to it. You can keep holding on to it. I'm leaving everything behind. She left behind everything. And she went to her people and said, I think I have met the Christ. I came to announce to you that if you want to experience God for who he is and his intention concerning you, you got to be willing to leave everything behind and see him for what he wants you to see him for. Hallelujah. You see, you got to see him the way he wants you to see him. So they call him Jehovah Suri, the Lord, my strength. Psalm 19, verses 14. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But if you read verses 12 going, Psalm 19, verses 12 going, you recognize. David saw how weak he was. And then when the Lord revealed himself to him, he said, the Lord, my strength. We also call him Jehovah, Shalom. The Lord, our word, peace. Gideon had to encounter God to the place that he needed to experience the peace of God for the world that was ahead of him. They also call him Jehovah Tekenu, the Lord, our righteousness. You can only experience his righteousness if you are willing to surrender to him and for him to clothe his presence over your life. Ah, I'm keep going. He's also called Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our what? Banner. Exodus chapter 17 verses 15. 
This is when the people of Israel have encountered warfare with the Amalekites. And the Bible says, when Moses' hand was up, there was victory. I wish you would lift up your hands as a sign of your victory. Rise on your feet this very morning, this very night. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. When it was difficult, Jehovah Nisi came to their aid. He's also called Jehovah Shammah. The Bible says in Ezekiel 48, verses 15, 35, it says the Lord who is what? There. I don't know about you, but God is there with us today. And God will be there with us in 2021. Lift up your voice of prayer. That may the Jehovah Shammah go ahead of you in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice of prayer. Makare Reboshia. Hiramalabosi.